see the galaxy. Geronimo! Ben, do you have anything to say about low sex? Nor as everyone else likes to call it, the penis rocket. Why not? We can all give you a warm hand in your entrance. Yeah, that, that butt clenching really was awesome. would be absolutely terrified of anything. Um, uh, uh. Sunday, I had a good time making a ten-year-old boy cry. Have you finished playing with your bunny? Remember, this is the show where good ideas come to die. Commanders, and welcome to episodes 375 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the Universe Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Aid Levice, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward. Ooh. Ooh. Did you say ooh or woohoo? Woohoo. <laughs> Um, we also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. That was about the least enthusiastic woohoo I think I've ever heard. It'd be like uh, you, you expecting to have, um, I, I don't know, Kylie Minogue come visit you in a hotel room, open the door and it's the cleaner, you know. It's, so yeah, do better next week with your woohoos, please. Well, we, I, have, we have I, standards. I think we've now got an insight of what um, what Shan's kink is. Yay! <laughs> it was it was it was actually from a uh, sitcom. I think it was. That Men behaving badly. Kylie. Yes. Right. Okay. If you say so. Sounds like a denial to me. But we will move on. Um, true. Ben knows it. <laughs> Oh, must be true then. Uh, um, unfortunately, Commander Psychic can't be with us tonight. Um, she's a little bit poorly. So we have roped in the legend that is Commander Crash. Woo-hoo! There, that's, what you, that's enthusiasm for you. That's <laughs> enthusiasm. Greetings, Commanders. Uh, right. Uh, if you wish, you can join us live. We are hanging out in-game. I do believe uh, Ben is... 
um, exploring some some wreckage with uh, yeah. the, the Chris Mark IV is running around Lave Station. So I would join him. Well, unfortunately, um, my ship, uh, my my internet connection is probably not going to be up to it because I'm downloading a lot of stuff at the moment. I wonder why. <sighs> yes. I, I, I'm currently in where the Alexandria is in and a suitably unpronounceable alphabet soup of name. I'll try and go Rego TC-XB29-0 system, which obviously that rolls off the tongue. Um, and we find out what on earth, we're finding out what on earth has been happening to the Alexandria. Excellent. Um, if you can't get to us in game, you're always welcome to join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. You click on the live chat uh, or just go straight to twitch.tv slash laveradio or go to laveradio on YouTube or laveradio on Facebook and you'll catch us there. Yay. Right. Um, we'll quickly go around the crew, see how they are. So we'll start with obviously Ben. What's up? Obviously, Ben. Um, obviously. Obviously. Uh, nothing really massively new since last week, I guess. Um, basically been bedding in my new system, um, playing lots of VR games with my kids, because uh, they, got, they got a quest for Christmas. So we've been playing multiplayer quest games, which is very interesting, because you know, my daughter is basically too small for 90% of, of things on the quest. Mm-hmm. Um, including the tutorial. Did uh, you like pick her up and sort of hold her? We or put her I on did, your shoulders or something. I did actually do that for for the tutorial. Um, uh, on the other hand, one of the things that she does like is I've got a flight sim for the for the quest, um, and it, it's it's. Uh, but one of the things that she likes doing is she can just basically get out of the plane, walk around, and then go off and be an engineer, lie underneath the plane, and fix it. Has her playing got an interior? It does, yes. So she's been enjoying doing that. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> Shan, what have you been up to this week? Um, in game, um, I was actually learning to uh, fight properly when the um, ships weren't playing properly on the screen that were hostile, but that got mm-hmm. fixed today. So I have to unlearn that particular skill. Um, let me see at home. Um, yeah, um, has some uh, been training Hobbs on the uh, one class cat some more. Um, he's he's kind of Kitty of Borg now, or low Kitty of Borg, because uh, free with the um, with, with the wheel came a laser pen, which we were kind of reluctant to use, but we thought we'd have a go. But anyway, we used it for about five minutes and it enjoyed chasing the dot. But then it thought, well, hang on, this dot is a bit, this dot isn't here. So he started looking around, and then he noticed the pen where the dot was came from, so the, the ah. source of the dot. So therefore, he kind of adapted to the laser pointer and not looking at the dot, but looked at the pen. Ah, so he's looking at the wrong dot. No, he's looking at the right dot, because it's like he sussed out, well, actually, that dot is fake. It's a fake dot. I'll, I'll look at I'll look at the source and want to play with the source because that's obviously where the light is coming from, and, and the same with the toys he's got. We we went and got into a cycle of having to buy new toys every couple of weeks for him because he would he would suss out a particular squirrely thing wasn't 
alive, and because it wasn't alive, you wouldn't chase after it anymore, and you'd have to find something new. So you can only use a toy on him for a couple of hours, and then he adapts. Mm. So, so basically, yeah, you are dealing with the boar. I thought it was because you had the cat chipped, but obviously, well, well the cat has been chipped. The cat has been chipped. Um, but it's, it's one of the uh, it is one of the reasons we got the we, we got the wheel was to uh, to try and subvert him. Although it, it was funny the other day, he was really going full on, making the wheel spin around as fast as it could go, almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, he then forgot about momentum and then stopped and. <laughs> Almost span off it, which would have been very funny. But I got told off from Mrs. Shan for laughing because it could have injured the cat. But I thought it was funny. Oh dear. Well, um, we can only let's see. Hearts and prayers for for Hobbs the cat in the future. I think we don't want him to go the way of the NPC. I know. He's, he's, I'm quite. Proud, I'm quite. I'm quite proud of him actually. The way he sussed out, you know, way the way he can look at something and think actually that's not. That's not the real one. That's the real one, and it kind of adapt. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite good to have intelligent pets, really, because we've got border collie and uh, and Hobbs. I, I'm not really into stupid animals, pets. but well, I hesitate to use stupid pets because you know it might offend people. About oh, them. I've got no problem with saying stupid pets because we had a golden retriever, and golden retrievers are lovely, beautiful dogs, but they can be a bit thick. They really can. <laughs> I say it's the same with uh, uh, I, I always remember uh, my dad because he used he used to um, train police dogs. We both did actually, and he once showed me this video who explained why they don't use Doberman instead of Alsatians or German Shepherds rather. And basically, you know how they they've got this this trick the, this trick where they've got two walls next to each other. Um, uh, basically, what would happen is that they'd have a thief run away from the dog, jump over the wall. And the Doberman would run up to the wall and just keep on barking at the wall, while the German Shepherd would run up to the wall, bark at the wall, and then realise that the wall ended just round the corner, and if he ran round the corner, he could carry on chasing him. Uh-huh. So, I actually think, uh, I, I, based on that, I, I can I can see why they don't use cats for guiding blind people, because... Knowing Hobbs, he would lead the blind person out into traffic, so he got yeah. run over, so he could then eat him. No, I think it would more likely be likely be a case of the you you would end up with the guide cat dragging you under a car, waiting for there a space, and then dragging you out into the middle of the road. Then you'd get run over. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Well, enough cats and dogs stories. Commander Crush, how have you been this week, and what have you been up to? Oh boy, you know me. Busy, busy, busy. Full throttle until I slam into the planet I was aiming at or overshoot it one way or the other. Um, (laughs) You know me. Uh, Well, last stream I did, I finally, uh, almost eight months to the day since Odyssey was reached, I finally unlocked the last on-foot engineer, at least in the bubble. I haven't been out to Colonia yet. Which, oh my goodness, what a... I don't want to say the G word, but that took a lot of work (laughs) to get all of the requisite materials and want to unlock it but no i'm kind of glad i done it although i was kind of sat there twiddling my thumbs after thinking what what do i what do i do now i've unlocked it um so i've, I've come up with some other things I'm, we're, we're doing some other things on the next stream <laughs> has it actually made a difference has has, uh, the, has the grind actually made you feel invincible <sighs> in your suit or has it no I mean, it, it, it it's 
it's nice to be able to tick a box on it and say that yep, I've done it, I've achieved it. It's kind of you know like 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 I like it, I like hunting achievements. That's just that's just my personality. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I like kind of ticking off all of the things. Yep, done, 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 sort of thing. Um, it's definitely made the conflict zones a lot easier. Being able, I've got like the fully G five suits, all kitted out with all the toys. Um, so that certainly makes that easier. Uh, and I'm kind of going back in now, and I, I had the idea that I want to try and make like a stealth suit and weapons for doing more of a stealthy approach to things and kind of toying around with the options now that I've got them all locked, unlocked, I can do a little bit of experimentation with it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it took a while, but I think it was worth it. Um, I'm happy anyway. <laughs> so, so is the difference from G3, because I know lots of people, they look at the thread in the forum and they think, oh, this station's got a G3, I'll nip over there and nab that. Mm-hmm. Has is the difference in time spent between getting G three and your G five stuff worth it, or is it more of a kind of a tick checkbox unlocked everything? Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 scaled up incrementally. I think, isn't it? Because uh, you know, step step to to one and two, or not too bad. And as it starts to scale up, it gets it gets longer and and more difficult. More materials you have to gather for the same amount. So, um, I think now I could probably just just. Because I've got so much materials left over from the, the amount of exploration and, and hunting around that I've been doing, I probably could jump straight to a G3 suit from a, from a pr- fresh one. So I don't think it would really make that much difference now. But I think early on, it's a, it's a good bonus to allow people to catch up. So you could sell your materials and make some money. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I could. You know, there's a grey market of. You know, I I will admit. A, gone down to the odd planet and shared some goodies with people who were struggling to find manufacturing instructions that kind of thing you know so <laughs> oh nice one yeah it's good, yeah. It's good chat well i i do like the fact that we can actually share these things i wish we could do it with more yeah well there is a there is a possibility that if you have a fleet carrier once they put the fleet carrier interiors in you'll be able to share all those wonderful uh engineering mats with other people or even sell them yeah, hopefully that, that that'd be good. I mean, it's it's nice that we can share, but it's kind of frustrating we have to kind of go off to some backwater planet in a crater somewhere and kind of drop it on the floor, and you know, it's a little bit sneaky, like. But you know, it's nice that it's possible. Yeah. Well. Okay. Um. Right. Let's see what have I been up to. Well, um, I've done uh, a little bit of eliting. Um. Still stuck in the world of Mass Effect Three. <laughs> Almost finished it. Um, it's uh, just at the moment I'm at the point where I'm just there uh, thinking I don't want to finish it. <laughs> it's it's um yeah just finished the Citadel DLC which is obviously the best part of the of the entire game. Are you uh, going to be one hundred percenting it? Uh, yeah, uh, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Um, the I've managed to get I've, I don't think I managed to get the Solarians on board completely, but. I have managed to get the Geth and the Quarians to to play nice together, and on top of that, obviously the Krogan and the and the Turians. And uh, yes, I'm now going around and collecting every single little scrap off the galaxy map that can help against the Reapers. Um, so, yeah, almost at the almost at the final mission, which of the controversial final mission. Um, In-game, of course, I've done a bit of um, exploration, Colin took for Colonia. Uh, I'm now 8,000 light years away from Lave. Uh, so that's got 13,000 light years still to go to Colonia. But I do have lots of plants scanned now. Uh, and um, yes, I, I also did over the weekend what Ben is doing now, which is running along to the 
running along to the uh, where the Alexandria is, which is uh, always interesting. So we are going to move on from there and see what what development uh, information we have this week. Well, obviously, um, up until Monday, things were very, very quiet. Um, now, there have been a couple of reasons for this. Um, the dev team have been busy. Apparently, the CM team, uh, the illness has struck. We knew that Zach went down with COVID over Christmas, uh, and apparently there's, there people have been ill. But they have come back with a vengeance, which we will talk about in a bit. Um, but one of the things that they did actually uh, post in development news is that we have a new galaxy explored figure uh, they sort of release this figure every now and again so far after seven almost seven and a half years of uh, elite dangerous we now have 0.05 percent of the milky way milky way galaxy mapped give yourself a round of applause and how many, and how many of them have your name on on colin Actually, uh, according to my stats, I've got at least um, a thousand. You got a thousand? How do you? How do we see how many we've actually discovered ourselves? I thought that was in the. I thought that was in the uh, the planetary. <laughs> I'm no. I'm no. That one of my commanders has has visited over four thousand planets or four thousand systems. In I mean, that's our... that's in the codex. You think in the codex? Yeah. Are you thinking about the level one scans and level two scans and things? Is that what you're thinking about, or have they made it more meaningful now? Well, they haven't made it more meaningful. I wish they had actually, um, but uh, I do know that 0.05% of the galaxy equates to. I'm ready for this. 222 million, uh, 83,678 systems. So, of the rest of it, how many do we think? Um, M class stars are there with ice worlds, and that's it. Th th what do you want us to do? A, a guesstimate on that? Well, I do it well when I've been uh, going back from Colonia and mm -hmm. from Sagittarius A, virtually every single star seems to be M class rocky planet, ice planet, M class rocky planet, etc. Oh, I know what you mean. Um, because uh, at the moment on the, on the trip out to Colonia that I'm doing, I'm coming across a lot of the the rocky planets and and uh, ice planets and things like that. But I seem to have hit a a patch just around Rahani, where there seems to be a lot of ammonia worlds, and um, uh, I've even come across a couple of Earth likes. Unfortunately, someone else has scanned in first, but it it, it seems weird. Where um, go on, crash. I was going to say to Sean, yeah, I think the unfortunate thing is, is that this is where Elite's kind of made a rod for its own back, is it's probably a very realistic uh, interpretation of the data, but not necessarily that exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you watch things like Battlestar Galactica, which try and keep things a little bit scientifically accurate, the amount of times they come across planets where you've, you know, which are actually interesting, are very rare. Go on, Shan. Well, I was just thinking about would we have preferred fewer star systems, mm. but more of them were, in quotes, more interesting, or would we have preferred to have it like it is, more scientifically accurate with 
only very, very few interesting. I know. I think I prefer it the way it is, but I'll hand over to Crash on this one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree, Colin. I, that's for me. That's one of the cornerstones of not only this game, but of where the franchise has always tried to be. It's always tried to be this huge, expansive galaxy and you know david's always been really keen on keeping the scientific accuracy so i think that's that absolutely has to to stay the way it is it's kind of unfortunate that you know the vast majority of reality is very samey <laughs> you know you see in a lot of other games where there's all these fantastic backdrops with like these huge nebulas and stuff and i think it's it, it's kind of the expectation that you expect these things to always look like like every episode of Star Trek is a completely unique and distinct episode, different planet, different, you know, it all looks very, very different and, and uh, wacky, but that's, uh, you know, that's what No Man's Sky is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you, on Star Trek, they don't actually show you all the boring planets in between the episodes, do they? That's true, yeah. No. Ben? Yeah, I think, yeah, as, we've, as everyone else has been saying, for Elite, definitely... Keep it as real as we know it is. Um, now, I do think in some ways that's a shame. Yeah, I think you'll, for example, as we're hypothesizing with Odyssey, the reason why we're seeing different, less exciting planets in Odyssey might be because they're actually more realistically modeled mm-hmm. and less going off a fractal. Yeah. And, and that is gone. Yeah, that scientific accuracy is commendable and is good, but it's also a hell of a shame. Um, <laughs> but I do. Th- I think Elite Dangerous. It's it should try. It should try to go for the scientifically accurate route rather than the the glorious look at all look at all this kind of thing. If you want that, as as you said, you've got Star Citizen, you've got No Man's Sky, you've got Star Trek Online, sort of. Sort of. Um, yeah. You know, you've got all these other games that pretend to be less sort of astro- astronomically accurate uh, than Elite Dangerous does. Yeah, uh, I get, I, I get where you're you're coming from, um, Shan. I I was about to uh, I was about to say about the accuracy. Would we? I, I know we're going on a bit of a tangent, but hey, um, would we have preferred it? Because there is there is a sort of thing as terraforming in the elite universe would we have preferred if the bubble contained more in quotes interesting stuff because of terraforming and then the further out you go the more accurate it gets would you would you prefer it that way around or are we are we happy having quite a few anonymous planets in the bubble okay i'll hand that over to ben first and then go down to crash no because that's not what terraforming does terraforming is not going off and you're not Slatty Bartfast re re sculpting a planet. You're terraforming the damn place. You're you're making it suitable for humans to live in. So you know you're incre- you're playing around with the the gas levels. I doubt you'd even be able to play around that much with the mass of the planet to you know to make you know, so you don't go off and have I don't know crazy things like human beings living on seven G worlds or sort of suitably stupid things like that. Because why would you want to live there? Because you want the race called the squats, that's why. <laughs> um, Controversial W44K thing. Yes, yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, no, I don't, I don't. More terraformed worlds, sure, but that ain't going to make the environment more exciting to look at. Yeah, Grippy Gecko makes an interesting point. Anything terraformed is at the moment unlandable, so how's that more interesting? <laughs> <laughs> it's also true. 
Yeah, I can jump in. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a tricky one. I kind of get where Shan's coming from. It, it, in, in a more general sense, it's you expect there to be a lot more different, interesting things around there. Perhaps you know, like some, some of the, the, the landmarks that we expect, like the Tina's a graveyard and, and things like that. I, I think the trouble is for anything where it becomes a single, one-off, unique location, which is interesting to visit, it's a heck of a lot of dev work. Or oh, yeah. something with not a great deal of, of gameplay associated with it, not like, you know. Whereas they've made this huge playground for us to go and do stuff in, and there's a lot of varied things that they can put into that environment, but they can't but they have to generalize, they can't make specific events. Yeah. Right. Well, um <laughs> okay, final comment then, Sean. Well, I was about to say I'm just all devil's advocating really. You devil uh, advocating never. Yeah, I never <laughs> do that on this show. Um, yeah, I was just sort of kicking the question around, really, just to kind of provoke the uh, thought process. But uh, I'm sure we'll come on to that again sometime. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, you could open up a whole, um, a whole load Ice of planet full of worms. <laughs> yes, and I must admit there are that have been on some um, sandy planets. Uh, and I'm there thinking, what what really needs this planet needs is it is a worm to jump over you or that those kind of things. The the the, the thing is, they need to add, uh, I think, a little bit more uh, interaction on some of the <laughs> the planets further out. You know, whether or not that's being able to do something extra with plants or harvesting plants or or something like that. Just it needs a little bit more, but. At the moment, I'm actually still fine just scanning the buggers for the moment. Um, right, well, as mentioned earlier, um, the CMs have been very, very quiet over the last couple of weeks. Uh, uh, but then on Monday, we finally got something from uh, from Sally, which surprised us. Uh, and as everyone is probably aware, Update 10 has dropped. Now, we're going to go into this with... Um, into a little bit more detail later on. Um, they have acknowledged the fact that uh, the waters uh, feel pretty still right now because, you know, there's been bad news about uh, the company making losses. There was no news for two and a half weeks and and basically people were getting worried about even the FSD was, was not the new FSDs weren't being put out. Uh, so they've, they've acknowledged things do feel pretty still, but we are, they are going to start working on things or we're going to see the results of their work come through soon. Um, and update 10 itself, um, there does seem, uh, I think a highlight is uh, there has been a couple of little issues with limpets and things like that. Um, that people have discovered during today. We do know that at least a couple of issues have already been fixed by server-side hot patches. So um, it goes to show that they're 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 turning around and uh, turning these things around quite quickly. Um, Shan, well, I was about to say about the communications thing is mm-hmm. that is the saying bad news comes in threes. So maybe they were waiting until the third set of bad news before they gave us good news. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, I must admit, as anybody who's probably seen my posts on the forum and uh, uh, on Facebook, I was getting a little bit worried because it seemed to me uh, 
it was coming like a perfect storm when they were playing things like, like the SO, uh, SOE MMO shutdown playbook, which um, is not a nice place to be <laughs> as, as a veteran of uh, Star Wars Galaxies and, and uh, uh, Matrix Online. Um, Crash. See, I, I was oblivious to most of this. I was just happily playing until people come into the chat and started asking about it and, and, and panicking on my stream. And I was like, oh, I, I just blame Bob. And that, that's my excuse for everything now is whenever like the FSD weren't coming, it's because you know Bob's on holiday and they haven't been into the database and updated the uh, commander file yet. So you know we haven't, we haven't got the FSD. But <laughs> I think I think that was since uh, they've actually come and clarified that the reason we haven't got the FSD things is because they found out some some bugs to do with the. See, I thought it was. See, I, I thought it was the amazing Christmas party they had at Frontier Towers followed. Quite closely by um, David Raven's birthday party, and they were still having a hangover from it. Must, oh, a yeah. little, little bit of politics, little bit of politics, satisfied in there. Or was that an attempt at satire? I'll leave it to the listeners to decide. <laughs> yes, uh, we'll, we'll move on from the, from discussing parties. Uh, I think because um, yeah, because no, because the frontier party was cancelled, wasn't it? It's it's been shoved back to February. Which is only about three three weeks away, isn't it? Almost. Is it? I think it's still a month it's away, actually. Twenty fifth. But yeah, it's a month today then. Four weeks. So hang on a minute, hang on. If it's on the twenty fifth, are we doing a live late radio show from the Frontier Christmas party then? No, it's on a Friday. It can't be. I know. Now you've got me blooming. Oh, man, looking up, man, looking up dates on on a computer. It is on a Friday. It, it, when you said a month today, I was thinking, oh, okay, it's late radio day. They're, they're trying to shut us down. They're <laughs> parking their tanks on our lawn and going to... Shan, yes. how months work. We, we use these funny things with multiple days and different days per month and things. I, yeah. I work on literal it's, it's days. If, it, if it's a month today, it means a month today. Yeah. You, or do you work on 445 calendars or something? I work on Julian dates. As opposed to David dates. You call yourself a programmer, you don't know what a Julian day is, honestly. <laughs> I have enough problem with the format string. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. DDMMYYY. That would, why? That, that'll do. Just wait until your localization team decide, oh, right, well, for, for month, they obviously mean whatever the French is for month. So they go off and convert the localization stream from DDMM to whatever month is in French. Mm hmm. Actually, it's a quickly. Chris Mark Four in our chat has brought an interesting thing up I was not aware of. Apparently, yep. it's the same week as Lay Radio's birthday. Yeah, ninth Ooh. birthday. So I think we need to tweet that to the devs and make them feel guilty by not giving us a present. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but we'll only be allowed to eat it for ten minutes, and then we'll go out. <laughs> no, twenty minutes. Anyway, yes, moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. I didn't really. Yeah, our ninth birthday is the same week as the uh, uh, as the, as the party, so that'll be interesting, won't it? <laughs> I think we definitely need to tweet the CMs. By the way, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. We have people have been doing Lavery for nine years. How long you've been at Frontier? Anyway, that's, I was going to say that's older than half the developers in Frontier now. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not that you're feeling uh, old when you talk to them. Oh, God, don't. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, my God, it's like children working everywhere now. 
Uh, yeah, right, well, moving on from there. Right, let's have a look at what has been happening uh, in the community this week. Now, obviously, I think what the big thing was that the, the Torval Mining uh, CG was resolved, but there was no CG this week. And the main thing that happened was that there was wreckage was discovered from the Alexandria. Now, Ben, you are out there at the moment. Um, how are you finding it? Have you managed to be th go get through the logs yet? I've not gone through the logs yet, yet. Um, I've got all the logs. I've just not listened to them because we're on a show. And I'm listening ah. to you, what, not the logs. Well, at least that's, <laughs> at least that's something. Yeah. Um, so, um, But yeah, I'm... It's something I was actually thinking about is I, lo I love the, the fact that we've got the wreckage. And you know how we mentioned about T and Isla Graveyard? Yes. Frankly, if they combined this with something like all the different logs that we've got in the squirrels bar. Yeah. I could live with something even like that as a graveyard. Yeah. You know, I mean, give us a whole lot of wrecked ships, wrecked big things, a bunch of log files, call it the T and Isla Graveyard. Don't you don't have to make assets? I'd be all right with that. Yeah, I mean, mind you, we have been also asking for the uh, uh, the the training. What do you call it? The, the training uh, installation, just to have one of those put yeah. about in in the system with the rings, so we people can race around the rings. And That's fun too. Yeah, it it does seem that these things are quite low on the priority scale. When actually, it would be. It's, it feels like low-hanging fruit to me. Maybe they but. just need to push around to get it. Mm -hmm. um, in other news, on the 20th of January 3308, questions are now being asked about the missing emperor. Uh, the emperor has not been seen uh, in, in public for almost a year now. Uh, and even Princess Aisling Duval has now started to ask questions. So that's... Now that is interesting, considering that uh, I'm pledged to power to it. Uh, obviously, the federal government has started to make plans for the future. Uh, they are. He, President Zachary Hudson has now delivered a speech to the Congress on maintaining security for the Federation of the coming years, which probably means ramping up more on the spying on his own citizens thing. So, um, hmm, not really. Well, that didn't. <laughs> What's that crash? The emperor is too busy running this <laughs> Raspberry Pi Foundation. Yeah, like, yeah that's oh, probably why. Oh, I thought you were talking about David. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we go. Um, and just yes. to stop everyone from moaning, yes, Colin does know Aisling is pronounced Ashling. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Just before before everybody starts kicking off again, um, yeah. So obviously, on the twenty second, uh, they acknowledge the fact that the Alexandria has been discovered, and finally, on the twenty fourth. Uh, now, this is quite interesting. Uh, we know that the Sirius Corporation has now worked its way into the alliance. Well, those wonderful code people over at um, Riot have all decided. No, we don't want them. We don't want them here. So uh, there's there's a little bit of tension um, happening between the Sirius Corporation and uh, the people of the Riot Mining Coalition. Now, considering how close they are to us at Lave, this is quite interesting to us, meaning hopefully, uh, 
yeah, it seems a lot of the planets, the Alliance planets in the old worlds, which would be Deso and Leasty, but not Lave, uh, <laughs> Lexit and all that, um, they, they're, they're not happy with serious cooperation getting into the Alliance. So, uh, yes, we'll, we'll, that is a situation which we will have to monitor and see what happens. So, there we have it. Now, um, what is this about a ghost of Captain Morales? Uh, so, our very own, um, I believe it was Alec Turner, mm -hmm. went off and, you know, obviously we, we've got the wreckage of the Alexandria in orbit around, um, oh, AB2. Well, in the first moon of that, Alec basically went off and found a human remain a, a human thing which was moving pretty damn fast um yet could never be found and it just looked like it was like a scanning thing that was basically moving i suspect it's probably a bug but it, it still looked quite funny all right okay so we got a little we got a little uh link to a video on that if everybody wants to see the video evidence yeah it's um, just chasing it's just him chasing the thing but we can play it in the background while yes. we're talking now um Okay, I'm going to put a little spoiler warning up here, I think, about the Alexandria. If you don't want to find out what happened to the Alexandria, then uh, uh, block your ears, um, shout la 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 la, you know, the usual the usual stuff. Uh, now, what has happened to the Alexandria? It seems that it wasn't lost to Thargoids, as we have everybody thought. Uh, and also, it it does seem that, first of all, the ship was sabotaged, and then apparently it was rescued by people from the witch, uh, or rescued by mercenaries sent by the witch. The mercenaries attempted to rescue people and then spaced them in a very um, expanse-type way. Uh, they took all the Guardian artefacts, uh, leaving the poor crew of the Alexandria marooned, and the remaining crew tried to jump the ship back just using whatever they had left, and it exploded on jump, which, you know, so close, but no cigar. And that is what we know happened to the Alexandria. So all this threatening stuff ages about the Thargoids gotten was all wrong. And we don't know whether or not the witch has all the Thargoid stuff or whether or not... Um, sorry, the Guardian stuff, or whether or not Salvation was involved in stealing the, the Guardian stuff. So I think a really nice little wrinkle here. Shan? When I when I discovered it and, and read through it, my immediate kind of Shanish reaction was they've run out of things to do with Alexandria, so we'll just make something up that kind of kills all the speculation dead. It's not, I don't know, it leaves me a bit cold, like the explanation you gave. To be fair, it was a bit like a meh. I felt they could have done more with it, but that's just me. Well, it does make me feel that Aegis was shut down unfairly. Maybe that's what they want you to think. Mm. But maybe that's what they want you to think so they don't want to think. <laughs> Someone passed around the tinfoil hats. So, I mean, I, I actually quite like this 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 little one. Um, uh, <laughs> Crash, I take it, judging by the fact that you've got your fingers in your ears... <laughs> you, you don't know this one. 
I, I'm a little out of the loop on it. I mean, I don't mind hearing about it because, to be honest, there's, there's so much going on. I don't have the time to kind of get involved in all of the stories. It is a shame that I I can't, but it is. I, I don't mind hearing about it after the fact. It's still interesting. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I must admit, it, it was quite interesting to to fly through those logs and and uncover the story. Um, I did notice there was no voice acting on this one. Um, it seems to be. I, it's, yes, um, there is. I'm, listen- I'm listening to audio logs just now. Are you? Oh, because yeah. um, when I listen, did you have your did you have your speakers up, Colin? I'm sure I did. <laughs> certainly, certainly one out of six has it. Let's have go and have a look at others. Yeah, yeah. two does, three does, four does, five does. And, and you're hearing and you're hearing voice work. Yes, and oh. and sound effects and things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I recorded a whole lot of top shift stuff for it, and I couldn't hear it at all. So. Um, <laughs> That's bizarre. <laughs> yes. Um, so yes, that's that's where we are. Um, it's now a big question of, well, who is the witch? I've got no idea who this witch character is. Uh, and then second, that is this: were those guardian artifacts immediately handed over to Salvation for his anti-thargoid weapon? Those are, those are the big two questions I've got left for this. And of course, poor Aegis, who I think unfairly shut down. So, yeah, it's um, a Thargoid situation. We'll have to see how the Thargoids react to the uh, to the present circumstances. So, I think yeah. it's humans oh. being shitty to humans. Use that eleven. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit. Um, you do have to. To quote Ripley in in Aliens, I don't know which species is worse. You don't see them frigging each other over a percentage. Uh, yep, there's a there's an indictment of human nature right there. Anyway, shall we move on? Oh, I like this. Uh, Gloobie has now started putting ash- hashtag Aegis was framed. <laughs> <laughs> I think. True. I, I think from now on, every time someone talks to to Frontier on Twitter, put the hashtag Aegis was framed. <laughs> uh, right. Um, I think it's time for that that time of week again. Score a lot. I must admit, every single time I hear that, and I've got my headphones in, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, if you are a fan of the Python, uh, there are new ship skins in there for you. For you. you have a, a yellow and black uh, bumblebee style one, uh, turbulent orange and white, turbulent blue and grey. We've got turbulent purple and white. Uh turbulent white and red and finally turbulent blue and yellow so if you if you like your python striped it's exactly what you need 
It's the Bumblebee edition. <laughs> it is actually. <laughs> Go on, Crash. You first. Yeah, I was literally. Ben took the words out of my mouth. I was just. I was scrolling through the store just now, and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's not for me. That one. I mean, looking at it, the the Osiris black and gold one. I think I like the look of that, but I, I don't want to be buzzing around in a python looking like a wasp. Thanks. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, Crash, but I think if they'd had the the stripes vertically, it would at least look so much more slimming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Around, particularly around the waist. Yeah. 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 Are, you, are, you, are, you, are you telling me that the, the python has a fat ass? Um, <laughs> a serious question about that: is it a is it a blue python or is it a gold python? Oh, a, uh-huh. a gold python with black stripes or a blue stri- <laughs> stripes? <laughs> yeah, the last one, the blue yellow one. Is that is it is it blue with yellow stripes or yellow with blue stripes? And Answers on a postcode. Up. Depends on the color of the nearby star yeah because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that that's an argument that we don't really want to reopen again do we yeah um i that was one of the reasons why i was getting panicked because i didn't think that they'd actually released any um cosmetics and one of the first things that you get worried about about uh a game going into maintenance mode is the fact they don't put anything in this in the store anymore. But it turns out they did, uh, but they just didn't tell anybody. So are we renaming this skin the Collins Chubby Python? Actually, <laughs> you, you know what? Um, I think for my uh, for my epic commander, my power play commander, I think I've got enough credits now for a python. And I must admit, I'm tempted with a yellow and black python to be flo- to fly about with. Blue and black. Uh, what? Blue and black python. No, no, I'll, I'll go. With, I'll go with the bumblebee one. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I'm a bit tempted with that, to be honest. So yes. Oh, and I must admit, I did see um, uh, on the burr pit. Uh, Commander Rini and obviously Commander Burr, they were doing some fantastic manoeuvres uh, with uh, a python over an ice world. Uh, I thought they were, they were going to total it, but it was, they had some sort of superb piloting on that. Uh, so I think we will take a um, short commercial break and then we will come back with our two main discussion points. You've flown ships at max speed. You've felt the power of the 30-megawatt mining laser. You've experienced the efficiency of the MB4 mining machine. Wow. But it leaves every hardcore miner with just one question. Why can't I get a shave that's that fast, close and efficient? Introducing the Saracen MB5 shaving drone. It's so smooth. Combining the power of a mining laser with the convenience of a drone. It's like every hair is targeted by a fighter and destroyed. Saracen's patented shaving drone attaches to your face at the start of the day. Leave it to do its work, and when you come back to check, your face is shaved. He's so smooth. It's like I'm mining my face. The Saracen MB5 shaving drone. Now I feel manly. Saracen Shaving, making shaving an unnecessary adventure.
This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? I'm Trent Stephen Findlis Jr. and I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name is Pete and I'm a long distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leasty to Sawayo. I love my family and I don't mind being a hard working blue collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, did a week of shifts and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is, Pete. How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics. We aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent. That sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts. No need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Findalist Cryogenics. Now at your local spaceport. Findalist Cryogenics. Because the family that grows old together goes cold together. And welcome back. Now, um, for those of you who have a... uh, have a, a memory longer than a goldfish, will remember that last week we were actually discussing uh, MMO quit points, which um, there was quite a lot of discussion to be <laughs> had. Um, there were five phases, which um, a, a video uh, we just uh, summarized where MMOs are most likely to lose players. Uh, and we discussed most of them uh, last week, but um, we, we feel that this one's still got legs to run. Uh, just in quick summary, um, the main places where MMOs lose players has been obviously um, the sign-up, um, main tutorial, obviously the new player experience and potential griefing, then we have the reputation of the actual IP, and then finally long-term play. Now, we got up to, uh, I think, the new player experience and potential griefing. Uh, I think, Shan, you wanted to take it from this point here. I mean, you had some thoughts that uh, you wanted to bring back. Are we going to griefing or are we, talk- are we jumping forward to um, reputation? 
Well, I thought you you wanted to bring up the the, the potential of griefing because it, it's funny you should mention something like that because uh, there is a massive thread on the forum uh, which has been going for months now, uh, and this thread in particular it it's quite easy to find. It's <laughs> he says trying to look it up actually. It says two solo players. Would you if you could disable PvP? Would you then play in open? You see, for uh, me, sorry, just answer that question. I, I've played MMOs and stuff that have, that have had a PvE flag that you could turn off when you didn't want to be got and stuff like that. And what tended to happen was other players would gank people, turn on the PvE flag when they ran away, so they were then immune to revenge. And yes, there's usually a, a, a time there that you could only turn it off and on every few hours or so, but nevertheless, whenever it got difficult for the, the ganker, they just turned the PDE flag on and abuse people. And yeah, away. One, so, one, one of the things that people actually suggested was that you could only switch the PVP flag on or off as if you've landed. See, for me, I think I mentioned this last week, my, my, personal, my personal thing is I think, first of all, they should rename open play to free-for-all PVP. Because you let you know what you're letting yourself in for then. You know, it's not this, oh, it's open play, it's happy, everyone's happy, it's whatever. So if you open if you call it that, it gets, you know, it just makes it obvious what it is. Um, but also for the PVPers, apart from the few that actually enjoy the salt mining and then that's what solo and private group are for. But yeah, for for people who want to have the challenge of player versus player. I think you need a different mode of gameplay. I'm not talking about CQC because for CQC, you're in a it's a very defined box of of uh, ships you can use. I want PvP where I can fight against other people in my own ship, my own builds, and then the same, almost in the simulation. So it doesn't actually cost me any credits for rebuy. It's just a matter of yeah, you know, I'll, I'll I'll have a fight with you then and it becomes more of a kind of a, a contest thing like that, devoid of consequences. The best form of PvP I think I've played in an open world game is in Grand Theft Auto, where there's no consequences for blowing your mate up at all or then blowing. And that, things just funny because no one cares. It's just chaos. So, and, and that actually, that different mode of gameplay actually, actually helps. But, yeah, just rename it free for all PvP and keep solo and private group and give the players a choice. Yeah, uh, it's funny that because um, as far as this PVE flag was concerned, Bruce, uh, went, and this was obviously before uh, Christmas, uh, he did reply, even though there's been, still been thousands and thousands of replies after this. Um, he says, it's a really interesting conversation. Thanks for raising this one. He'll throw in his two cents. You can't see a version of open where PvP, PvP can be toggled off, even though there are many who'd like to play that way. In my humble opinion, it would go against the spirit of Elite and certainly against the idea of the game being dangerous. It also is not easily explained through in-game lore. I came up with an idea for that, but we'll leave that aside. Um, however, I do sympathise with those that 
would like to encounter and interact with other players during their sessions without getting killed. That's what private groups are for, but it's understandable, not quite the same as you could only meet people you already know. Overall, I think the solution to this would be better coming from adjustments to the crime and punishment system, <laughs> no shit, Sherlock, <laughs> to make sure there are meaningful risks and deterrents in place of non-consensual PvP encounters, rather than a binary PvP on-off toggle. And I hate to say that, apart from the fact that they could link the um, they could link the PvP flag to something about the Pilots Federation not being able, not allowing you to fire on other Pilot Federation vessels. Um, I agree with that, and I think, but it goes back to the point that crime and punishment needs another pass, and it it desperately needs another pass quite soon. Um, what Shan? Is this about? Oh, go, go Shan. Sorry. Well, I, I was about to say that on that reply. Now they worry about in-game law. Um, <laughs> but, but I don't know. I mean, it used to be it used to be a while ago. Your open PVE used to be Mobius, didn't it? That was yeah. where you went for your open PVE, almost. And that is for me what private group is for. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I yeah, think the, the thing is, system is changing, definitely. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that we've been saying for absolutely ages. And, um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's an old topic that needs to be come back to again and again. Um, back to you, Ben. Yeah, I just, you know, the Pilots Federation interfering with systems on our ships, they would mm. never do that. You know, I certainly can never see the Pilots Federation Federation, you know, disabling weapons when they detect shooting at another pilot's Federation member. You know, that would... It's, but It yeah, wouldn't stop you, ramming then, would it? I could probably just use hand wavium for that. I mean, yeah, but you, you'd still have to really pretty much boop them. I mean, it, there's there's millions and one forms of, of griefing and people will always be dicks and they'll always find a way to abuse the system. But so, that's right. Oh. Well, that's right. All, all the way from um, getting people to ram you in space stations and create damage just so they get blown up and all the sorts of fun and games like that. And I think, I think there was a um, a system in the Pleiades, I think, where it was possible to um, also Dekia as well. It's possible to hover above Dekia outside of the range of the engineers' base lasers and destroy ships as they take off. So you can sit there blowing ships up with impunity. Stuff like that. I mean, that doesn't crash. Yeah, I mean, I think Ben, you said it said it right. People will always find a way of breaking the system and, and doing something. Shouldn't I? It reminds me of situations like back in the early days of WoW. Um, I, I can't remember whether the PvP dueling flag was in early on, but um, I remember there was something that you could was. do. Was it? Was it there in the very beginning? I do remember seeing going to the area to the south of where the night elves were, which was a, the first cross sort of cross zone thing, and being afraid of seeing somebody who was PvP flagged. Yeah, but I I, I recall then that I think even when that was a thing that you could do, people discovered they could do stuff like create a campfire underneath an individual which had gone AFK or something, mm. something like that. <laughs> yeah, and they come back dead. Uh, you know, so they, they, there's always a way which people are going to find to break these systems and make them not work. I, don't I mean, I must, I must admit, if, if people start doing those kind of tricks, 
It's it's like what you said in um, in Star Citizen a couple of weeks ago, where you got um, basically conned to death, Ben. You you sort of there going, actually, I can't be angry at that. That's <laughs> that was so cool. Yeah, I, mean, fact, it, I mean, I think that's that's the thing that I can appreciate in Star Citizen with it being always PvP open only. You very quickly come to expect and. 99% of the players are nice, but you you are always aware that I could die at a moment's notice and I could run into somebody. Uh, just like in Elite Dangerous, there are known places where there is a higher likelihood of finding someone being bored than player-killing, just for the shits and giggles. Um, but the thing that Star Citizen does, which I wish, and you know, this is the whole reason why we've got the orange bloody Sidewinder, is... You actually go to jail in Star Citizen. And my God, I wish we could go to jail properly in Elite <laughs> Dangerous. And you know, I want to go outside and serve me time painting the space station or something like that. Or, I don't know, picking up litter around... around you know, why can't we go and pick up all that litter that's on all the cargo decks and things? You know, that, that, would be, that would be all right. <laughs> Back to Shan. I guess the question is, is why do we think people quit? regarding grief and ganking PvP. I suspect it's because what happened to them does not meet their expectations of what's going to happen to them. So using Grand Theft Auto uh, as, as an example, um, people know you're going to get blown up, ganked, whatever it is, to anyone who comes by in Grand Theft Auto because it's what you expect, it's what the game is. And you kind of join in. You don't care being blown up with your car or whatever because you can do it back to them and the consequence for that is pretty much zero. With it, with Elite, and the the impression that players may maybe have, certainly new players, is, oh, great, I can explore the galaxy. I can see people. It will be like happy Star Trek in space. And... When that doesn't happen, I think that, and because of the consequences of destruction, i.e. the rebuy costs, losing exploration data, failing missions, etc., etc., the consequences of being killed is more than their expectations, so they quit. And that's why I, I still go back to the uh, crime and punishment and the free-for-all PvP, because when you see that, you know you're going to get got, and that removes, if you like, any excuse for not having those expectations met. You know you're going to get ganked, you're going to get blown up, whatever it is, if you go in a free-for-all PvP mode. And so I think people quit because what they experience is not what they expect it to be. Um, yeah, I mean, I must admit, first time I got ganked, I, I, I must admit, I did walk away from the game for about a week just to calm down. It's, it's not a pleasant experience. Uh, you, you know, you're, you're happily minding your business and someone for their... For their um, sh the, their own personal enjoyment decided to ruin your night. So why did that make you quit, Colin? Because I don't want to play with people like that. So if it was called free-for-all PvP and private group was play with your friends and solo mode play with yourself, yeah. um, would yeah, that, the, would the that problem, have helped? The problem with the uh, PvE Mobius group is that it's too big. They, they haven't given... Uh, those private groups, the controls that they need to control the group. It's very, very difficult to maintain a group that big. Otherwise, yeah, I'd be happy with that. But um, 
the Mobius group. I must admit, last time I was in there, I haven't seen somebody in the Mobius group for uh, at least six months. And, you know, that's that's a, a group of 20,000. 20, well, it was more than that, didn't they? Because they broke the private group size, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> they had to have three separate private groups, which kind of defeats the point because you always, everybody wanted to be in the PVE together. And, you know, it didn't happen. So, um, yeah. So we're going to move on from the ganking thing because I'm afraid to say it is it is a rather old topic and everyone just, um, yeah, we've been over it. How many times? Uh, now, the, the next one is the reputation. Now, obviously, this has taken a serious hit with Frontier over the last um, nine months or so because of the performance issues and the va- the various issues people have with Odyssey. Um, now, the main point of reputation is that people um, have heard about, you know, your game and what has happened to your game. And because of what's happened to your game, they're not wanting to sign up any. They either quit or people don't even join. Uh, I don't think we're in the same position as the worst offender in this remark. And let, let's be honest, the worst offender for this kind of thing was Star Wars Galaxies. Shan, do you do you want to bring everybody up to date about what happened with Star Wars Galaxies? Do you want me no, to no, do? no, I no, I was I was I was gonna suggest you do it because I was getting the, the same reference as you were about how a company has a really great reputation and then something happened and then players just abandoned it and that was kind of Star Wars Galaxy was the other one that sprung to mind, so yeah, I know. Yeah, I know it's your topic. Yeah, Star Wars Galaxies. How shall I put this? Um, Star Wars Galaxy was a originally written as a, as a let's see a, a sandbox. It well, you weren't you weren't running around as Luke Skywalker. You were running around as one of the stormtroopers that get killed in the first ten minutes. Uh, and for people who wanted to live in the in the galaxy, it was absolutely fine because you know you were were you were part of a living breathing ecosystem and the fact that um because of the time period it was set out jedi were very rare the problem was people wanted to become jedi and apparently that's one of the things that caused a lot of problems um however when world of warcraft came out it did huge numbers i mean let's let's just say enormous numbers and uh, there are people at LucasArts uh, and and Sony went. We have Star Wars. Why haven't? Why isn't our game as good as this? Why aren't people playing this game? Uh, and they came to the conclusion that they'd got it all wrong. Uh, and they were trying to. And they decided to completely rewrite everything that everybody liked about Star Wars Galaxies. And then they just foisted it on people with three weeks' notice. And, um, yeah, it destroyed uh, Sony Online Entertainment's reputation practically overnight, where we had a game which had 600,000 players in it to less than 60,000 players in approximately four months. And in my opinion, um, SOE never really recovered from it. Because whenever someone said, we've got a new game, who's it by? SOE. Oh, won't bother then. 
And yes, it was the it was the new game experience which came out three weeks after a patch called the Trials of Obi One, which was which was really really good. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you just lost everything which uh, you thought was important. They had classes just went all this fantastic interactive player economy ripped up, thrown away, and it was replaced basically by a quested system, uh, which was basically shoot, loot, get more stuff, repeat. And uh, yeah, that's probably the worst case of reputation destroying destroying a company, and um, it's it's well known. So, Shan, off you go, you first, and then Crash. Okay, um... I was going to um, talk about the, the reputation because, I mean, last week I quite rightly got called out on not knowing anything about Blizzard's latest shenanigans. And so I did some reading round. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I won't go there, but, yeah, it was, it was pretty pretty horrible. But, well, well I, I don't follow the game. I only follow the game due to games I actually play. I don't play any Blizzard games. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, so my my question is though my question is regarding that knowing what I know now what we know now about Blizzard does their out of game behaviour or alleged out of game behaviour shall we say um, does their alleged out of game behaviour does that put you off buying or continuing to play another Blizzard game because of it and relaying this back to Lee and this is for individuals to add. And it's probably not even in the same league table, but it's the same sort of thing. Does what appears to be some of Frontier's recent actions, does that put you off in buying another Frontier game because of the way they've behaved out of game? And I'm not asking a question for now. I'm just asking for people to think about it. But I'm thinking more out of game now, not game design, which is what the Star Wars Galaxies was. Right, a crash. You you says you've stopped playing WoW. Was that because of the, the <laughs> reputation? No, I mean, I kind of got to the point where it just it wasn't the same game it started with anymore. You know, it, it's and I think this speaks to a wider problem in in the whole industry is that these companies seem to be trying to make games which are big, profitable, money churning machines rather than things that players actually want and, and going back to the point that, that you were saying there I, i'm not as familiar with, the, with the, what happened with the star wars games but it it does sound a lot like the, the problem is is every player wants to be their own hero in their own single player narrative effectively but kind of also want that experience of being in in, in mmo so you've got that social interaction and it's the two ideas just clash so terribly that that a lot of these games developers just can't find a way of making that work. And that sounds very much like what the problem was there, that they, they they made a game one way and then tried to make it the way which people wanted and failed both ways. <laughs> um, well, no, but Star Wars Galaxies, it was actually doing decent numbers for the time. And then WoW comes along with its, with a, a different way of playing. And um, yeah, I I think it destroyed... The, then everybody went to this. There was an awful lot before. There was an awful lot of uh, sandbox games, and then all of a sudden, WoW came along, changed the changed everything, and every all of a sudden everything went to theme park, if you like, because this this these two um, 
MMO playstyles, which is sandbox, which is like Elite, where basically you go out, you explore, you do your own things, and then you've got theme park theme park where there are certain quests and lots of quest givers and all those kind of things. Um, I mean, because of the Blizzard scandal, I've now uninstalled Overwatch because I just uh, I just can't be bothered dealing with. Well, to be honest, the, what I've played of Overwatch was pretty toxic anyway, so I just went no. <laughs> that's that, that's kind of the reasoning behind my heart. I mean, I just kind of got to the point where I was pretty much bored with a lot of the games they were making anyway, and just like the, mm. the decisions they were making with things, uh, it just uh, was they were responsible for Diablo, weren't they? Yeah, I. I tried to go on Diablo uh, like about a year back thinking, oh, I'll give it a go, I'll see what it's like now, and I couldn't restore my account, and I'm thinking, well, this that's just awful, like the customer service was just not there, and I think I don't really want to support a thing like that, you know. Yeah, actually, that was one of the other points which we'll probably come back to at a later point. Um, ben, what was yeah. about buying other FD games? I mean, I know yeah, I before a lot of the things they've done in Elite Dangerous, I would basically buy any Frontier game because it was a Frontier game. Um, whereas now I'm very much evaluating... I'm not going to not buy a Frontier game because it's a Frontier game, mm. but I'm going to evaluate everything on its own merit rather yeah. than just blindly buy it. Yeah, um, I'll probably agree. I mean, I have not bought Planet Coaster or... Oh. Zoo Tycoon or, or I ha- any I of have the other Planet ones. Coaster because... I have Planet Zoo because I, f- I find them a lot of fun and I like that management style of game. Mm-hmm. But I, even then, I've still not sunk the hundreds of hours into them as I've sunk into, say, RimWorld or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that's that's the thing. The other games in that Frontier are actually producing, I, I'm not really into. I'm not really into the management sims, to be honest. And that would... And because of that, I'm not really. It doesn't matter about Frontier's reputation with Elite affecting me buying any of their other games, because those other games I'm not interested in. It's that sounds weird. Chan, you want to bring hey. something up? Well, I mean, there's a there is a difference between design decisions and a company's behaviour. And yes, I know. I'm quite glad Psyche is not here because she'd have a moaning. But one one of the cardinal rules of gaming is you never reset player progress and i know for example crash had it from a bug and whatnot and whatnot but for me adding the extra tiers to elite reset player progress um and it was it was seems like um well today because i got i was chatting to one of my guild wars 2 friends yesterday and because there's a guild wars 2 expansion due out any time now and i said oh you know when the expansion is and they said oh they're going to announce the release date um on the 1st of february and the whole thing was are oh, we going to release the game in february but they've never committed to a release date yet because he wasn't ready to have a release date there so they they're holding off telling people when it's going to be out to make sure it's right and i know we keep going on the same thing but frontier just don't seem to learn the lessons from the past they just sort of think oh yeah okay we've got this whole bunch of fan tool to forgive anything we do and everything we say, and it'll all be hunky-dory. And uh, for me personally, I'm not going to buy another Frontier game because of the way I perceive they have acted corporately. All right, Crash, on to what you want to, to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So I, like Shan said about the ranks there, see, I, I don't see that the same way. I mean, for, for the additional ranks, I see that just like in World of Warcraft where they increase the level cap. 
you know for me it, for me it's not a biggie and i understand it you know it, it's it obviously it is important to you but it's I don't think it's as much a bigger deal. I mean, I've seen things where they've totally broken stuff and, and it has made it really frustrating. Like I said, I've had experienced bugs that happen, but for the ranks, definitely, I just see that as a, uh, that's just, you know, adding an additional target to aim for. Yeah, we'll talk about this offline crash because elite means highest possible and you can't keep adding highest possible. Really. Well, they didn't do it in WoW either. They squeezed the level cap down at some point. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, reputation of of the game in particular, or, or the company even, has, does have an effect on player numbers. The other thing is, of course, is players coming back to their back to games. That was another thing that um, seemed to be an issue. Uh, I know for a fact that, um, as far as Soto is concerned, I'd like to get back to going to Soto, but all the mechanics has changed so much since then. I'm I'm kind of quite intimidated about heading back there because even though I knew what I was doing before, I've got no clue how the new mechanics work now. And the thought of going through the whole thing of relearning it, it's just it just puts me off going back. So that's me as a lost player, even though I've still got the game installed. Um, anybody else got the same experience with other MMOs? Um, well, in Aeon, A-I-O-N, many years ago, um, I that was a game from NC Soft, and again, because it's NC Soft, and they did Guild Wars, so therefore it must be great. Um, I brought it, and I played it for a bit, and um, it had this horrible PvP system um, where, I won't go into the seat, but it wasn't wasn't good PvP, like that, and it put me off playing it. So, but a couple of years after I'd, I'd finished playing, I thought, oh, I'll go back and I'll try and, you know, because it's quite a pretty game and I enjoyed the gliding and it was all very fun. And I found they'd reset the servers and deleted all my characters off it. So, no, I'm not going to go back to that because I just reset the progress. That's it. I'm done. They deleted yeah. all the characters. I had the same problem with, uh, oh, what, oh, damn, it was the, it was the, uh, I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back to that point. Uh, ben? couple of things, not so much <clears throat> MMOs, but RPGs, where you know, I absolutely adored Dragon Age Origins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, contrary to a lot of, of opinions, I really, really enjoyed Dragon Age 2 as well. And Dragon Age 3, I went off and bought the, you know, the collector's edition, and you know, I was like, oh yeah, new Dragon Age, awesome. But... Because of the changes they did to the Dragon Age 3... Oops, I'm trying to go in for that permission. Um, because of the changes they'd done to the Dragon Age 3 and making it the open-world MMO and various other things that they did, I could never quite get over the grind, despite quite enjoying the storyline for the first couple of bits. Mm. Um, and then I got into this big open area and I just like, okay, I'll try this and I'll do this. And then I just noped out of it. And then I came back and tried it again, and I got to the same area, noped out. Came again, same area, noped out. I've still not finished Dragon Age 3, even though it's a franchise I love, just because I couldn't face the same old, same old, I guess. Um, Another thing that... Skyrim. I've never finished Skyrim. Although the reason why I never finished Skyrim is because every time I've gotten to... I've, I've played it for however long, Mm-hmm. 
you know, usually several hundred hours because this is this is Skyrim. Yeah, of course. Um, and then I've hit a bug, and there's been some bug that I've not been able to recover from, and I've gone back like 20, 30 hours, and I've tried to do things a slightly different way, or I've tried to do this, and again, I've just noped out of it, and it's just been a complete reset. Yeah. I think with Elite, if I was to somehow lose all of my main character's progress, that would probably nope me out of it quite hard. Um, oh, yes, without... Well... Yeah. Um... Now I don't. I personally don't care about progression ranks. I'm not not even combat elite. Even after however many years it's been, you know, it's just something I don't give a monkey's about personally. Um, I'm trying to think what I would do if I lost all my bindings because I know a lot of people like, oh god, I just can't face doing my bindings again. Yeah, and it's not something I've ever come into because I've got a backup of them, and it's like a two minute job to replace my bindings. But if I lost my backup and I lost my bindings, I don't know how I'd feel. Um, I'm I mailed myself my key mm. bindings, so they're on a Google Mail somewhere on the, in the cloud. Yeah, I mean I've got mine in emails, I've got mine in Dropbox, I've got mine in Google Drive, I've got mine on virtual PC sitting up in the cloud somewhere. Yeah, you know, I've got a lot of copies on my bindings. Um, but I don't know if it would be. I don't. I think I would go back and re. I'd go back and redo them. One of the things, if I lost all my materials, I lost all my, yeah, all everything. I lost everything. Then yeah, that'd be a big yeah, I'm done kind of moment. One of the things to give Frontier props is they are very good at is they have restored um, commanders when they've accidentally wiped their commanders. Um, One thing I will say, ArenaNet don't do is that. If you if your ha- your account is hacked and someone deletes your character, then that's it. It's gone. Because I've had guild mates in Guild Wars One. They they had thousand. They were one of the only few players who actually achieved these levels of things. And their account got hacked. And their characters got stripped of all the good stuff and wiped. And ArenaNet would not restore their characters. So although we you know we're rude about Frontier, we got to give them props. Or things like that. They will. Oh yeah, Frontier have always been very nice, and they will restore what they can restore, won't they? I wouldn't yeah. put it to the test. I wouldn't do it deliberately to see whether oh, they'll no, do it. No, 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 but no. you know, they they certainly they certainly have done. It. And actually, I think sometimes they're over generous with what they restore. But yes, that's, that's that, that's a different. But then again, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, I'd rather it's probably healthier for the community if they focus on being over generous than under generous. Yeah, one of the things that is actually talking about the community side is the last thing that is can be a quit point for players in MMO is they run out of things to do. They have that been there, done that, and they kind of feel an obligation to keep playing because, and eventually it's sort of things, well, I haven't got any more to do, I'll stop playing, which, again, is a healthy thing. There's no such thing as a forever game. Um so yeah, I thought we'd move on to that topic because Colin's moaning at me now because I've changed topics and he didn't know. Yeah. Um, so running out of things to do. Now, obviously, this has been quite a a thing with Elite because, um, as you have referred to it in the past, uh, content locusts, locusts, if you like, who manage to consume content fast a lot faster than the developers can create it, and that is a problem with I think every MMO. 
So we'll start with Crash. Yeah, I, I'm feeling this. I mean, like I said last week on the stream, I kind of hit my last checkbox, my last goal thing that I'd set myself that I wanted to try and do, unlock that on-foot NG, and then... I must admit, I kind of sat there pondering for a while, thinking, what do I want to do next? And there are other things I can do, but there's nothing I really want to do. Do you know what I mean? And that, that, that's kind of the, the thing which is a little bit worrying to me. It's like, I, I, I do still want to play the game. I want to experience things in it, but I'm kind of running out of ideas of things that I want to go and do. Um, obviously, I, I set myself the goal now. I think, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll outfit another suit and, and more weapons and i kind of enjoy that gameplay loop and i know there's other things that people are doing like like you said about the uh, uh the uh, alexandria isn't it the ship you can visit and things like that so i might do that and you know there's there's, there's little tidbits but i think that's always been the problem with elite is it's kind of a, a trickle feed like you said um I mean, I don't. I wouldn't consider myself a, a content locust in that sense. I've been. It's taken me like the best part of eight months to unlock all the engineers. But I'm kind of feeling like now, because of all the delays in getting everything stable and getting to the point where they can progress the narrative across all platforms, it's it's a little thin on the ground. I I really don't know what to do with myself in the game. Yeah, but we we kind of always get to that point with Elite at some yeah. point, don't we? Yeah. Um, and uh, this is one thing that I do like, is that because there's no subscription, you can walk away from it for a while. Yeah. And when something new comes up in, then you can come back. Um, Shan? Well, I was about to say that many, well, many, many years ago, I wrote a blog post about Guild Wars 2 anyone is in beta and i called it a tin man mmo in that it was a game looking for a heart it was all all about mechanics and the community side the bits that enabled players to do things with each other was very very limited and for me that limitation of restricting what players can do with each other or do to each other whatever was a reason why the longevity of it was reduced and i think in some ways with the lead it's almost a tin man game because the amount of things that people found to do is amazing and i'm not knocking anything that people do but just we can all think of ways in which well wouldn't it be great if we could do our own race, course, race courses wouldn't it be great if we had an organized pvp league whatever it is we can do that not we've had to kind of finagle the game mechanics to try and make it happen and so it's the community side i believe gives the game longevity not the actual content right um well i think i think we've really come to the end of this uh this discussion on, on this point here because i think uh it's that there has been quite a lot of uh point when I mean, we were not saying that you know these are the this is why people are quitting elite that we're saying that these are the the kind of areas that game designers and people in elite have to be aware of if, if they want to reta retain their uh their player numbers um but that's not the only thing we really had to discuss obviously today update 10 came out and um let's, let's we'll, we'll go through it i think and and see what what goodies there are to uh, to take apart um the first thing that we have to point out there's no big ticket number there's no new srv there's no new missions it does seem to be um 
mostly fixing issues, performance issues, and stability. Um, however, there is a couple of interesting things that we'll probably be able to touch on with factions uh, as far as this is concerned. Okay, Shan, um, your first point about update 10. Yes, I mean, I've been looking at the uh, performance differences and stuff that people have been reporting, and on the whole, it has made a difference. Do you think update 10 makes the console release a step closer, or do you think it's about the same way it is in terms of getting it to run on existing hardware? Um, Well, I don't know. I mean, there does seem to be an eight highlighted areas of optimization here. Now, if those eight have managed to raise the frame rate to a decent amount, then I think that's hopeful for the for the console version. Um, but like I said, I actually have I've just finished downloading uh, all the updates, so I've still got to get into it. Um, so, but if the optimization has improved a lot, then it's it's good news for the consoles. I think. Um, what about you, Ben? Well, I mean, I can comment on the optimizations a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last week I was, I occasionally was dipping down to 40, 30, 40 FPS. Yeah. And so far, everywhere today, I've been lo- hard locked at 60, which my monitor refresh. Oh, that's good. So. You yeah, haven't I- had a single slowdown. I've been hard locked. At, uh, hard locked. Though ninety nine percent of today has been, obviously, it's been in space. But ah, even right. when I was running around um, Brett High, I was still at sixty. Uh, well, that, I'm about to go into higher combat zone just now, so I'll see how this goes, um, yeah. and I'll let you know about that. I think one th- the thing that my favorite thing though from the patch notes was that there was an issue when running with cutting tools was fixed. And I just love the fact that, you know, they're fixing these animations, essentially. Mm. But I had to look, I just loved uh, Sally's comment with that, which was, you know, oh, you're running with cutting tools was fixed, although our mothers still advise against it. Um, yeah. You know, just, uh, that, that Bruce, did, Bruce did them. Bruce did the show notes this time. Oh, was that Bruce? Uh, okay. It yeah, sounds it was... like a Sally thing as well. <laughs> it does sound like a Sally thing, but um, uh, yeah. So and also we got an update from Commander Terakov from the Fuel Rats. Mm-hmm. Um, the Navlog bug has been stated as being fixed, but it's not. Right. Limpet re- restock bug seems to be fixed. Touchwood. Yeah, that's However, that's the one that they had trouble with, and they had to do an emergency the hot 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 Yep. Yeah. Um, however, there now seems to be a fr- uh, bug with friend requests in OD, creating yellow adders. Ooh. Okay. So, yeah, so, they'll, yeah, they'll be on to, that. They'll, be, they'll th- be on that, exactly. Yeah, they'll, they'll be that's, a dot patch quite soon. That's, that's a double problem for you, isn't it, Colin? Not only is it creating adders, <laughs> it's creating yellow adders. <laughs> <laughs> not yellow yeah. and black stripey adders. No, no. I, I, I did, I'm, I'm not discriminatory against any of the colours of the adders. I'm just discriminatory against it's the adder itself. <laughs> Doesn't matter what colour you are, I'm equal. <laughs> I hate yeah. you equally. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so most of these things have been uh, fixes. However, there was quite a, a nice a little interesting section about faction changes. Um, it seems interesting that the pirate attack uh, state now triggers a whole load of other um, sub-states, if you like. So... Basically, when this kind of thing happens 
it looks like our black markets come back because I've noticed that it's fine. It's difficult to find somewhere where the black market is. Um, weapon commodities become legal in jurisdictions where there's a pirate attack, and it causes factions to lose influence. Uh, if you're if you're not a criminal faction, then you will lose influence while a, a pirate attack faction, a pirate attack state, is occurring. I, I like that. Um, and also, it does seem that they're, they're trying to uh, resolve the issue about the anarchies disappearing because they can now support a faction by buying commodities from it, uh, which means that if you can now support an anarchy faction or anarchy systems by buying stuff from them and the more expensive stuff and the more that you buy, the better it helps that, uh, that faction. So, um, any thoughts on the, on these changes to the BGS? I Sorry, crash. <laughs> I was gonna say I think that's a nice change actually because I was I was kind of concerned, like you said, the anarchy system starting to disappear because they've been very very handy for getting various materials for the on foot stuff. <laughs> definitely, and so yeah, definitely something to support those. That's good. I mean, I thought that kind of mechanic was already in there, so I was surprised to see that in the notes. I got to admit. Yeah, and of course the the big one which I think affected the majority of people, which was the the fact that you uh, you didn't know whether ships were hostile or not. That has now been fixed completely. So there, there's not a um, <laughs> there, there's not that problem. I mean, I've, I've, the amount of complaints that uh, that has been, or the amount of grief that's caused since the beginning of update nine. Um, I'm glad that's what that one's off the way, uh, out of the way. I mean, it's paint skins have been updated. Yes, uh, we have. Um, let's see, ember paint jobs have now been adjusted. Golden black paint jobs have been uh, adjusted. Uh, detailing issues on the Azure paint job and the Asp Explorer was fixed, which of course everybody had problems with the Asp Explorers. Uh, and of course, the midnight black paint jobs were adjusted, which is important to everybody who. Uh, How were they adjusted? It just says adjusted. Yes, but were they made like slightly dusk black, or what? What have they done to black midnight black paint jobs, for example? Like I said, I don't know. I haven't had a chance to get in and check it. I'm just reading it out. <laughs> Um, yes, and the camera angles for the livery screen of the Scorpion SRV were adjusted. So, yeah, that's um, that's a weird one. When it says adjusted, do you mentally think nerfed? Mm, I don't know what you mean by nerfed, because you don't get any performance benefits from... Um... Red ships go faster. Oh, do they now? Well, yeah. midnight black, midnight black you, you do, because they're harder to see, etc. Yeah. Um, also, in addition to, um, I mean, I might, I've got to point out, all those changes applied to um, Odyssey. Horizons has got the same uh, fixes, uh, or same amount of fixes. It's got um, a crash when selecting the engineering panel has been fixed. Um, you can now enter HIP 54530. Um, deposit fragments no longer get stuck inside asteroids. That was annoying. Uh, and uh, yes, there are oh, let's see, damage values and thermal conduits and crashes during the tutorial. So it's not just the only um, 
It's not just Odyssey that are getting these fixes. So, I mean, that is it for update 10. And um, I think for a quick catch-up patch, I think it was needed. But I think a lot of people are just holding out for update 11 and some new and the new content that comes with it. I don't think anybody was expecting anything major for this, were they? Sean? No, I wasn't. I mean, this it's a, it's a solid update in that it, it does what updates usually do, which is fix stuff. Or they sort of put like, it fixes more stuff than it breaks, which is a good thing. <laughs> uh, um, I, I'm just giving a note of caution regarding update 11 is lots of people looking forward to it as if it will be the great white hope panacea of everything. I personally would reset your expectations to update 11. I, I'm sure it'll be you know nice and carrier interiors if you look good to walk around a couple of times, but I would personally keep my expectations on the ground for update 11. Um, crash. I, I, Shan, are you trying to say it's not going to be the Jesus patch? <laughs> Surely the Jesus. It's not even. It's not even going to be the Elon Musk patch. So yeah. Surely one of the apostles. The Jesus patch will probably be when it's resurrected on the Xbox. (laughs) That's a Lazarus patch, isn't it? (laughs) Well, they both come back to life, don't they? You could go. (laughs) But anyway, uh, we'll move on from there. Um, We haven't got much in the way of community corner today. Um, Can someone tell me about this Frameshift Tesla act? Uh, activated comment? Yeah, I, I saw this on the Burpit um, video the, the other day, and uh, it, it's something that came in with a Christmas update for Tesla cars, in that you can um, you can now play any MP3 through the speakers. And if you have a, a piece of software called X-Lights, what you can do is you can program the car, any part of the car, so the lights, the indicators, the charging flap, the windows, the the front boot, and any part of the car that opens and closes. Mm-hmm. You can program it in to act in time with the music that the car then plays. And um, Commander Halo Jones um, got the X-Lights app and uh, put the uh, frame shift drive countdown and sound to um, this X lights and saved it as a, uh, a file and loaded it on board his Tesla. And uh, the Tesla does a complete light show mimicking a frame shift drive, booting up and activating. So it's, it's completely pointless, but it's really fun. Thought of that. I love this. Someone wants, uh, wants you to have the discovery scanner honk. Uh, on your Tesla as a honk. Well, you can actually do that. You can because you can repro- you can put an MP3 and you can make your horn sound like it. So you can literally honk people with the discovery sound. Oh, I want the sound of a reaper. <laughs> um, well, the other thing, the other thing you can do it then you can then um, have your car play a a almost like a Darth Vader style of your whatever you say into it from the external speaker in the car so you can tell people to get away from the car and whatever like that so yeah it's it's all sort of uh, no i wouldn't have a clown horn personally if 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 i did it i'd have a tie fighter sound so i just come past anyway so yeah (laughs) fair enough um right well moving on um 
I guess, well, this isn't actually an interesting question that, that was posed to us while we're, while this was carrying on. Um, we'd like people to take a guess at the various alignments, uh, the D&D alignments of the members of the crew. And if you're unaware of what a D&D alignment is, there's, there's nine of them. They start off at lawful good, then you have uh, neutral good, and then you have chaotic good, then you have lawful neutral true neutral and chaotic neutral and then finally and i suppose these are going to be popular you have lawful evil neutral evil and chaotic evil and shan was wondering which one of those he fits and feel free to pass that out to the rest of the team as well <laughs> well at least we've moved on from terry tubbies yes we have yes we have and uh yeah well we'll just <laughs> i want to see what psychot says <laughs> ah, right anyway i think we will uh call it a night unless anybody has any other business that they want to bring up i would actually very quickly like to thank commander the high wake who went off and made an absolutely epic uh sticker for our discord server um he's the one i've been playing on stream it's just his his art style and it's just a commander waving and it's just like, oh, that's so epic, and I just love it. So, thank you very much. Right, well, I, we, we have actually had an email. Uh, we have actually had an email from uh, <laughs> Commander Ethan Cassini, uh, who has sent us basically an essay, and we really, really appreciate the essay. Um, there were some quite interesting facts that he's put in here about um, suggestions that he would like for Elite. And what I'm going to do is actually, we're going to take a couple of those and we will probably put them into next week's show where, you know, these these suggestions could be uh, discussed at length. Uh, but we'd just like to, I'd just like to say thanks for the email and we are very glad that you're enjoying uh listening to us when you're out walking the dog <laughs> any other dog walkers out there who listen to us feel free to to say hello although shan would probably want to know what make of dog that you actually walk yeah totally yeah <laughs> and do you so, walk on the wheel <laughs> so let's let's do some shout outs then um our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in at twitch.tv, Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, then go to radio.forthemug.com. The discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash EliteDangerousCQC. Um, and if you're on there, please help Commander Chig uh, by fighting him at CQC, because he needs he's still trying to get CQC Elite. Uh, so anything to, to help our, uh, our our friend over at the Loose, uh, Loose Screws podcast. Um, we're also giving shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts. Uh, we've got Alagrab AM, Black Sky Legion, who's been very active in the chat. Uh, we've got Canon podcast. The Spanish speakers have the Elite cast. Uh, there's a Fatherhood podcast, Flight Assist, uh, The Guard Frequency, Loose Screws, Squeaking Fuel, and System Chat. Um, for those that want a literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy books, then you can subscribe to the Data Slate podcast, which is created by Station Commander Alan Stroud. Now, following this, we have the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Wotherspoon and Commander Beetlejude, 
And thanks to all those who chipped in on the Twitch chat and the in-game commanders who have annoyed Ben. How many have you um, annoyed so far? It's actually it's been, it's been Miggles and I. He came out and picked me up from the Alexandria in his uh, on his flight, fleet carrier. And and we're now going off and doing a combat zone. So in the combat zone, I'm not in the sixties, but I oh my god, there's loads of people there. Um, <laughs> I'm and I haven't got any guns. Uh, I'm still hovering over forty FPS in the CZ. So not sixty, but can't complain. Yeah. Is it a lot better than the performance you were getting before? I think so, but I don't. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know so. Yeah, oh, that's one thing that I do is, is I always. When one of these updates come down, I always check. And plus, also, you're streaming at the same time. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to take a, a couple of frames, I think. Anyway, um, so I think that wraps it up. Oh, one final thing to mention. Special thanks, of course, goes to, to Commander uh, Tokuso, JN Tracks, and Alan Stroud, who have created music that we use in this show. And I, I salute. Uh, Wintermute GB for saying I listen to Hillbilly Redneck Radio when I walk my dog <laughs> that's loose screws by the way but that is it for another episode of Lave Radio if you'd like to get in touch with this show you can email info at laveradio.com head us up at facebook.com slash laveradio tweet us at Lave Radio you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio we also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Crash, thanks to Ben, and thanks to Shan. And special thanks goes to today's specialist on the tech. That would be the Chris Mark IV. So... Until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? Sounds like something from Orange Inserted. I'm going to see the galaxy.
Galnet News Digest, 25th of January 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Aegis Administrator calls for temporary halt to the winding up. Brewer Corporation apologises for delivery delays. Conflict seems likely in Riord. And we explain how shopping can help your favourite faction. Aegis Chief Administrator Carter Armstrong has called for the anti-Thargoid agency to remain operational while the facts surrounding the loss of the megaship Alexandria are investigated. Initial theories that the megaship had been intercepted by Thargoids appear to have been disproven by recent discoveries. The wreck of the Alexandria was found in the Rigo TT-X B29-0 system on Friday and a number of files have been salvaged from the voice recorders. There are rumours that the megaship may have been sabotaged and the cargo, consisting of 400,000 tonnes of Guardian technology, removed. It appears that there were no survivors from the crew, and the suggestion is that the pirates may have slaughtered them. The sabotage and theft of the cargo is alleged to have been carried out by someone known as the Witch, in order to have a means of attracting Thargoids to star systems at will. The reasoning behind this is not yet clearly understood. The Brewer Corporation has apologised for the ongoing delays in issuing the Frameshift Drive reward for the top 75% of contributors to Part 3 of the Colonia Bridge initiative. They have now sourced enough of the 3A, 4A and 6A double-engineered drives but a defect in manufacturing means that when the drives are allocated to commanders later this week, experimental effects cannot be applied. Brewer is working with Brandon, Farseer and Martuk to come up with a solution and expects to be able to supply a remotely applied firmware upgrade in a few weeks' time to allow the desirable deep charge, thermal spread and mass manager effects to be applied to these modules. The six new starports that were built as a result of Phase 3 of the initiative will be deployed to their new locations on Thursday. Meanwhile, Core Dynamics subsidiary Vodal has also had to apologise after a botched firmware upgrade meant that SRV cargo scoops are now only able to scoop one item before having to be reset. A fix is being worked upon, but in the meantime, commanders are advised not to drop priceless Guardian relics for a photo shoot at Mitran Hollow because they almost certainly won't be able to scoop them up again afterwards. Concerns are increasing that the situation in Riort may descend into conflict in the next few days. Citizens there, unhappy with Prime Minister Mann's pact with the Sirius Corporation, have been blockading the Sirius megaship Chariot of Rhea as a protest against the occupation of Old World systems by the corporate navy. Sirius Navy has been hired by the Alliance to protect it from Thargoids, and it has established a presence in many of the Old Worlds despite the almost total absence of Thargoids there. The places the Alliance has been experiencing trouble with Thargoids are in the Muscadark region, and the Witchhead Nebula, places where the Thargoids inhabited long before the Alliance moved in to take the Meta-Alloys. Alliance bases in the California Nebula have been curiously unaffected by Thargoids. 
The blockade of the Riort megaship does not currently seem to be very effective, with docking still permitted. However, tensions are running high, and there's every chance that skirmishes could break out in the system. Councillor Nakato Kane has expressed her own concerns over the potentially illegal defence pact, and she may become a rallying point for those who wish to oppose the perceived loss of sovereignty that a serious military presence brings. Minor factions can look forward to a bit of retail therapy from today as purchases from their commodity market will help the owning faction's influence in the system. Previously, only sales to a faction would be counted towards their influence. Influence is supply and demand based, so commanders wishing to help a faction may like to know that buying items that are in high supply and selling items that are in high demand, and particularly buying and selling high-value items will help factions most. A trade run will benefit both the faction where the goods were bought and the faction where the goods are sold. Commanders are warned that black markets may become active during times of civil unrest. Dealing goods on the black market is, of course, illegal, and it is extremely unlikely to return a handsome profit. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. <laughs> 